Hello and welcome to Soldier's Podcast, episode number 82. And I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. Uh, Schmitty has come down with a bad case of no internet, which I oh. hear can be terminal, if not quickly <laughs> fixed. He's probably got the shakes right now. <laughs> Making clicking motions on his couch cushion. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to get whatever he can. He's, like, going to the library, banging on the doors because they're closed at the middle of the night. And you can just imagine little... him writing in his journal. Had a fascinating conversation with the toaster today. <laughs> Would you like any toast? Yeah, well, so we're down a droid tonight, yes. but that's okay. But, you know, we can find out how that conversation about why the toaster is putting cinnamon and sugar on his bread, you know, how how that all went next week, so. He's actually live blogging it right now on actual paper. <laughs> okay, uh, before we get started, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We are brought to you by uh, trekradio.com. TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and Stitcher.com. Also, once again, we're brought to you by uh, our friends over at GoToMeeting.com. GoToMeeting with HD faces by Citrix. Uh, Because, you know, it's always handy to be face-to-face with your business partners, but you can't always do that with clients. GoToMeeting allows you to meet with clients face-to-face from anywhere, anytime. Uh, We've used it before. We love it. It's uh, very high quality. can invite as many people as you want, have them as long as you want. Uh, This is how we like to do business. Uh, We want you to be able to try it. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait. This is a special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. Uh, GoToMeeting, meeting is believing. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what else to say to that. Yay! Yeah, and well, you know, it's go to meetings great. Huzzah! It's a great product. Check it out, use it. Tell your Be friends. Be happy. Um, we have feedback. Ooh, Ooh cool. cool. And you'll never believe who it's from. Uh, Schmitty. <laughs> he faxed it. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. <laughs> um, yeah, knowing Schmitty, it'd be like an overclocked, rooted pigeon. <laughs> like he installed a custom ROM on it. <laughs> oh the, my god. The left wing doesn't always work right, but it can also get BitTorrents. <laughs> All right. And, and it's it's run by scripts. It is. Okay, uh, the subject of this is from... It's from Ruff. Subject, don't worry, I still listen. Yay! No, nice. <laughs> no feedback lately, mainly because you haven't talked about anything financial and balls it up. While you have been... I learned our lesson the first time. We, we, we really don't want to go back into that territory again. While well, you have been talking about things I have had views on, my apathy is kicking in and squashing my follow-through. Now, that said, I have kept one of your podcasts on my iPod so I can re-listen to it, the one that discussed the AV software. That was most timely as my McAfee annual subscription had run out the day before and I'd been reviewing what I wanted to do. I ended up going with the same software, but I chatted to a McAfee sales rep and got it for 60% off. 
a bonus. Um, I also have other AV apps going, but I find it's most useful is a daily backup with weekly archiving, followed by a restore to the latest clean backup if, when, I get infected. I call it my scorched earth antivirus protection method. Uh, one last thing, when am I going to get an invite to be a guest chatter, or is it chatty? Cheers, Ruff. Uh, Ruff, you know, I was told that if a company were to uh, bury a bunch of money, they could get a money tree. Is that, Did he really just say that? Is that is that uh, bad financial advice enough to get you to ride in more often? Um, <laughs> as for he's going to be a guest on one of our shows, and he's going to send the he's going to spend the entire show just virtually smacking us on the back of the head. <laughs> virtual nothing. He's going to reach through the through Skype like Ghost Dad and just hit me. Um, about the antivirus, um, I personally don't like paying for the subscriptions. I consider it a bit of a racket. Uh, again, I use the corporate version, so I don't actually need a, pres- a subscription. But I understand that not everyone is that lucky. Uh, that's kind of cool. You're able to. I didn't. I honestly didn't know you could talk them down. I kind of figured that that price was the price. Yeah, that that's surprising. But you know, y- you can really talk anybody down on anything if you can get somebody to speak to. If yeah, so I, more pow- more power to you. Seriously, that's that's pretty cool. Um, as for your scorched earth virus protection method, I would like to call it the John Connor virus protection method. Um, <laughs> if when everything goes bad, you just reach back and reset things. That's uh, that's kind of inventive, actually. Time intensive, yeah. I can imagine, but uh, but inventive. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I agree, and uh, you know, I, it, that actually makes a lot of sense, though, because if if you've got a full backup before you get dirt, get messed up with a virus, I mean, you're you're golden. I I'm here, um, actually re-imaging my mother-in-law's machine. She got some sort of virus, and I don't want to take the time to try and track it down, so I'm just wiping it. She gets scorched earth computer as well. But she has no backup. Well, you know, a fresh (laughs) install is always good. It is. It is. It's been about three years since I installed it, so. Yeah. It's time. Ooh, speaking of uh, scorched earth, wiping things clean and starting over, do you guys know what I pre ordered this last week? Um, Sin City? No. Oh, I wish. Uh, No, I pre ordered my copy of Windows 8. Oh, nice. Got it, got it for like 70% off through Best Buy. Oh, that is nice. In fact, I think uh, oof, it'll be too late by the time you out there in podcast land hear it, but I think uh, Amazon's doing a pre-order where it's $70, and it comes with a $30 Amazon cash gift card. Oh, that's... Wow, that's not a bad price at all. Nope. So, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually be getting it through my alma mater and I can say that because I'm now a college graduate so but they never turned off my access to the Microsoft stuff so don't tell them they never do that's good to know yep um I uh, wanted to give a shout out in case you have not actually uh uh heard it yet shame on you we had our interview with Larry Korea uh last week uh it's proven to be very popular not just with uh with our fans, but especially with his, it turns out. And uh, actually, even with uh, other stolen droids, I listened to it on Monday, and I was very impressed with it. Yeah, uh, Schmitty felt very bad that he had missed it. Um, and then we had another interview with Yahtzee. 
from Zero Punctuation, and author of Mog World, which will be releasing this weekend. So keep an ear out for that. Woot woot. And we are also working on some other things, hopefully, that will come to fruition in the future. So stay tuned, because Stolen Droids Presents, it's fun. Don't stay tuned, like, after this show, because you'll be waiting for a while. But Yeah, just, why, why are they silent? Where, where'd they go? Yeah, that, that, would, that would suck, and I would laugh in your face. Um, can I tell you what didn't suck this last week, over the weekend? Our numbers? Did it have to do with the 24-mile skydive? It did. That did not suck. Uh, Felix Baumgarten, Baumgartner, um, the Austrian skydiver and pilot and uh, all-around Superman, finally Aust- got his chance. Oh, hold on. Did you say Austrian? I believe he was Austrian, yeah. I thought he was Australian. It starts with an A, and he's not from here. <laughs> He's a foreigner. <laughs> He's not from around <laughs> here. It took him two tries because it wasn't the first oh. time he tried to do it. it the, the winds weren't right. No, he's Austrian. Yeah, you are correct. I stand corrected. I was wrong. With a name like that, he's freaking Austrian. Okay. I, I see. I heard him talk though, and I, I uh, whatever. I, I was wrong. I stand corrected. Now I, he, I feel shame. He I is a daredevil. Shame. He's a base jumper. He's a pilot. He's a car drifter. He's the one that originally flew that uh, jet-powered backpack. With the flying wing for, for Red Bull. This time, he took a balloon capsule up, 24 miles up, and just stepped outside for a walk. <laughs> now, um, he, he did... Yeah, well, step for step, it's a doozy. <laughs> the wind uh, was pretty bad, so they had to abort two previous tries. Sunday, he finally got a chance. My wife and I were sitting there watching it on the laptop, and she's not usually into these things, but both of us were watching with bated breaths, and I can only imagine this is kind of like what, what it used to feel like in the 60s to watch NASA pictures coming back from the moon. But uh, he went up 129,000 feet in the end, and then he kind of floated, and it came back down and bounced back up, uh, opened the door, stepped outside, and dropped. Uh, he broke, I want to say, three world records. He, uh, highest altitude in a balloon. Fastest free fall because he broke Mach 1. And highest skydive. The fourth one they were going for was the longest free fall. And unfortunately, he just, he didn't uh, I mean, he probably could have made another 30 seconds before doing it, but he, he pulled the chutes and he went and who's to blame him? Really? <laughs> Now? 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 (laughs) Well, especially because as he was doing it, I mean, you could hear him, and he he was coming in over the radio, and we're watching it live. He's spinning, because up at that altitude, there's no atmosphere for him to control himself. So he's doing this yaw spin, round and round and round and round. It's so cold that his visor has fogged up. So he can't see. He's spinning and flying at Mach 1 like that. As soon as he hit the out, as soon as he hit atmosphere, you could see him straighten out, and then out came the shoots. Yeah, and you know when he was in that that free fall spin, that was actually quite terrifying. It was. Oh my gosh! I'm sitting there going, "We're going to watch a, a man die live on YouTube." Wow. Yeah. This is going to be a first. Yeah, he he would be in the record book for that too. But. Um, uh, yeah, okay, it says right here, he's, he was only 17 seconds shy of uh, Joseph uh, Kinniger's Kinniger, Kinniger, 1960 jump. So he fell for 4 minutes, 19 seconds, and then, like a boss, stuck the landing. 
Yeah, those um, gymnasts that performed over in London over the summer, they got nothing on him. It was nuts. Now, we seem to be talking about this for a while, but I think it's just exciting. It's like, we need more of this. Yeah, it was done by Red Bull, but it had a lot of different uh, agencies were all monitoring his telemetrics and whatnot, trying to see what happens to a person when they skydive from space to the surface of a planet. And um, it was just so exciting. We need more things like this. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because you look back at, like, the 70s, and you had guys like Evil Knievel that were just straight-up awesome. They had toys made of them. They got to guest star on Scooby-Doo because they were just awesome, the stuff that they do. Yeah, let's drive a motorcycle across the Snake River Canyon and smack into the edge, you know? Crap like that. We don't get that anymore. There's, like, not that not that thrill anymore because, you know, the X Games have replaced it. And, frankly, I, I think the X Games are kind of weak. Well, that's where they do the allegedly daredevil crap on their bikes and whatnot. But, I mean, we just don't have people risking their lives like this anymore. Because, I don't know if we're smarter as a society or nobody... I think that can be debated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I concur. I concur. But, no, it, it's really cool that that somebody actually said, hey, I'm going to do something that's off it, or that's awesome. And people are actually going to pay attention because... It's that awesome. I love it. Yep. Now, um, moving on from awesome news to kind of confusing news, we've been talking for the past few weeks about uh, Amazon and their odd little tablets, the Kindle Fire, Kindle Fire HD. Um, we've already given our thoughts on those devices. Not that we're against Amazon, but if you have the money, go spend it on a Nexus 7 instead, especially because, and this is between you, me, and, you know, the rest of you listening out there, uh, rumor has it that the new Nexus 7 coming out for Christmas season will be 32 gigs for the same price. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're giving it a, a, a capacity bump, so that's nice. But in any case, um, Amazon um, are using Nokia Maps instead of the Google Maps. They're using a lot of their own coding, their own software, and now word has come out of some industry analysts who typically know about such things that they're looking to buy uh, Texas Instruments. Now, really? Texas Instruments, everyone's like, oh, my, like the calculator I used to play Breakout on? Yes, but TI also makes the OMAP processor and chipset used on smartphones and tablets. They're looking to bring, in, bring everything in-house to build the tablet entirely themselves. This That's conf- cool. It's, it confuses me. So are are we going to still are are we going to still see them making the high end calculators for all those engineering and math nerds out there? Oh, probably. TI actually makes a lot more than that. It also makes a lot of computer components. They have defense contracts with their components, but they would specifically be buying the uh, the smartphone and tablet processor manufacturing. This is confusing to me because Amazon is not a tech company. It, it, to me, this is like eBay making a car. Yeah. What 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 type of car do you drive? Oh, I drive an eBay. Uh, I'm sorry. A what? Yeah. <laughs> what brand is your tablet? It's an Amazon. Huh. I. That, I'm confused. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add. It's just. Uh, this is one thing I did not see coming. 
yeah, that that is kind of surprising. But you know, Google's jumping everywhere, man. Or sorry, Amazon's ju- starting to jump everywhere because they're trying to compete with Google. They're trying to compete with all these other other content providers, Netflix, Hulu. I mean, they're they're dipping their toes everywhere. So it it surprises me, but it doesn't. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's just kind of interesting. I honestly, and this is not meant as a, as a knock on them. I didn't know they were doing that well. Where they could Amazon just, was doing that well. Yeah, where they could just say, eh, "We're going to buy a chip manufacturer." Hey, you know, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Um, speaking of to each their own, um, and this is kind of going in the reverse way. Um, Apple has snatched up Amazon's exec. Their A9 exec. Now, uh, he's uh, A9 is their internal code name for their search and advertising unit. Um, the word on the street is they've hired him up. His name is um, uh, oh jeez, what is his name? William Stazior, and he's going to be in charge of running their Siri unit, their uh, their voice assistant. Uh huh. Siri, yeah. assemble the Avengers. <laughs> so um, evidently Amazon does have some pretty big tech chops if Apple is headhunting their execs kind of odd yeah well yeah that's interesting so are we going to start seeing um, Siri pimping books probably not uh, they'd probably be trying to pimp their own instead um, but it's there's I, I'm going to admit here I've usually been spot on about RIM uh, my predictions about RIM, Apple, Intel, Microsoft, they've all come to pass. Um, anything concerning Amazon is a huge question mark to me. I just have no clue what's going on there. And, and, now, it, se- and it seems to be impossible to read. Why is that? Is that just because you're not familiar enough with them, or is that because they're just all over the place sometimes? A, a bit of both. You know, but it's like they're they're not a tech company. It's it nothing they're doing makes sense from a tech point of view. Yeah, they're a retailer. I agree. agree. Yeah, they're a store. You don't. They don't make phones. They sell other people's phones. Yeah, I mean, I I could kind of understand when they came out with the Kindle eBooks because they were initially a bookstore. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes as much sense to me as Barnes & Noble doing the Nook, um, which is a lot. It makes a lot of sense to me. But, I mean, starting to get into some of the stuff we're hearing that they're getting into, yeah, I'm a little bit confused, because you're right, they're not a tech company, they're a retailer, or e-tailer. Yeah, so, kind of odd there. But, hey, you know, any more diversity into the the marketplace has to be good, right? We think? Yeah. Um, this week, actually just recently here, uh, Google released their own version of porn. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 go on. Huh? What? <laughs> I don't even want to know what that sounded like. Um, I, that was I, me well, being we, confused. Are you sure? Because <laughs> it sounded yeah. almost X-rated there. Um, we, we know what it sounded like, but what was it? We don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, that is his sound for both X-rated and confused. No, um, <laughs> so um, normally Google's data centers have been under heavy lock and key. No one's been allowed to see them or even really know where they are. And this week they released... Um, 
an entire blog full of pictures from the inside of them, gorgeous images, interviews with some of the people, and even a street view of the interior of one of the data centers. And some of these pictures, you'd swear they were CGI. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, the amazing thing is, and I, I'm very pleased that they didn't use Instagram. <laughs> Here is our servers under a crap load of filters. But it is kind of funny, because if you look through there, they use the Google colors throughout a lot of the data centers, in the yeah. lights, in the wiring, in the um, pipes. A lot of the pipes are color-coded, so you can tell, you know, cool water, gray water, warm water, water coming in from the compressors, through the chillers, and it makes a lot of sense. We do the same thing with wires. Yeah. But do you guys remember, like, back when you were kids, and you could sign up for, like, the Kool-Aid factory newsletter and whatnot? No, I, I never... You never saw I that? Never, never signed up for that. Okay, so. well, it, it was like in the back covers of Mad Magazine and whatnot. And, and as a little kid, I always thought there truly was a place that looked like that, the Kool-Aid factory with the Kool-Aid man and whatnot. And it looked like the interior of these data centers with these multicolored pipes going everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. Like, you almost expect to see Santa's little helpers walking around. That that would actually kind of freak me out. Or or as Schmitty, because uh, when he and I were talking about this, Oompa Loompas is probably more accurate. <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want nothing to do with a room full of Oompa Loompas. I, I'm sorry. But they bring you Gmail. Even Iranians love Gmail. That is true. We that owe the true. Oompa Loompas so much. We're on the cusp of world peace from them. Yeah, so um, it's... Heck, they're getting the Iranians to change their minds. What's really cool is you can actually go and uh, uh, download all the pictures as a background, uh, which I have. One day I shall have a data center that looks like that. For no reason other than to say I have it. In your secret underground lair? Mm-hmm. Hey, works. you know what other predictions, you know, going back to uh, the whole prediction thing, uh, what other prediction we got right? Um, I'm guessing that it has something to do with a shiny, some shiny animation. Some shiny, shiny animation. Okay. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we talked about, hey, you know, you know what they should do? They should make an animated Firefly. Firefly, of course, is that beloved series by Joss Whedon, um, Nathan Fillion, Summer Glau, everyone who was good in the world was on that show, and it was taken from us before its time. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And if you haven't seen it, what the heck is wrong with you? If you haven't seen it, your geek card is suspended until you go see it. Yes. There's only 14 episodes. It won't take long. About 14 episodes. We'll wait. Give or take. But it's awesome. Watch it. It is. In any case, we people have been talking about it. Hey, we need to bring it back. They should re restart the series. The problem is everyone's moved on to other things. Uh, they could not do it the way they did it. So we predicted, you know, they should make an animated series. They should make it animated. Well, then it got brought up at New York Comic Con this last week. And both Nathan Fillion and Sean Meyer. Mayor? Mayor, I believe. Mayor. Both said, yeah, that's... We, we had heard that people were talking about that. So, and that then Joss Whedon says, "Yeah, yeah, uh, that has been under talks actually. So it's not just a rumor." Hmm. That would yeah, be a I, good prediction to have come true. 
that would be a very good prediction to have come true. And, you know, I believe that the idea originated uh, the night that we did our our show from my sister's home. Yeah. I believe it was my sister who came up with the idea. So, um, good on her. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what else Josh said while at New York Comic Con this last week? This isn't in the show notes, but do you know what else he said? What's up? Um, I heard something about Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson, indeed. Yeah, uh, the show, that TV series about uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, I guess the plan was always to have Coulson in it. And that's still the plan. Now, I don't know if he's supposed to be a life model decoy, or if this is like a prequel to the Avengers, or if maybe he's been uploaded into some computer mainframe, Max Hedrum style or something. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a reference that dates me, huh? But um, you were what like five when that show was on? No, it was out there for almost the entire half season. The, the Coke commercials and stuff too. Hey, look, course, he was also on Math on uh, Square One TV. <laughs> so I was talking with some friends about the Agent Coulson and the Avengers TV show. They're not going to be able to afford the big names they've got in the movies, so. You can't really have an Avengers without Captain America and the other guys. Who's going to play these parts? This isn't an Avengers TV series. This is S.H.I.E.L.D. By the way, S.H.I.E.L.D. has tons of agents. Oh, okay. So, in fact, I think they've already released, like, the description of them, and they're horribly generic. Uh, You can't get a feel for any of the characters. He's the go-to guy with a dark past. She's the spunky yet violent... Whatever they could at least give them code names like the GI Joe characters or something. They have names, and no one's going to remember them off that. It's you look at it, and it's like okay, some marketer who hasn't even looked at the subject matter wrote these up. Oh, somebody from BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah, Rim's really big into the Marvel universe right now. Um, in completely different news, there's no way sausage. Sausage right on into Foxconn. So Foxconn has labor suicides. They have labor riots. They have horrible work conditions. And now it turns out they have child labor. Does that really surprise anyone, though? I'm surprised if they had it, it took so long to find out. Now, I don't know if this is to be fair or not. It turns out that Foxconn was not directly... In China, anyone under the age of 14 has to be in school. Foxconn was not going out and finding these kids and conscripting them. Turns out these kids were being sent there from the school. (laughs) If you do not do your homework, we will send you to the iPhone factory. I have no idea why the Chinese suddenly have German accents. (laughs) Because you fail at accents. Uh, But no, I'm sorry. Uh, They said that some workers there were as young as 14. The China law is under 16. Hmm. So, um... Yeah, massive uh, internal audit happening there. Well, as it turns out, Apple's not the only one who has their stuff assembled at that plant. Nintendo does as well. Nintendo is launching their own investigation and audit into Foxconn's doings. Nice. Now, I want to know here, and I want your guys' opinion, because Foxconn has a whole bunch of crap going against it right now, right? What would... What do you think would happen if Foxconn was suddenly no longer... If Apple and Nintendo and a lot of these other manufacturers just say, you know what, enough is enough. This PR is crap. We can't get over it. Yeah, you were totally cheap. We have to move on to some other supplier. Well, you know, with... 
this is China we're talking about. I mean, their their motto is we do human rights violations right. You know, I mean, Foxconn has nets around their building to keep people from hitting the ground when they jump off trying to commit suicide. It is so, an awful pain to clean up. Yeah, I mean, so... I'm pretty it, sure they've got some kits for that. Instead of trying to improve work, working conditions and treat their employees humanely, they just put up nets to catch their bodies. But, you know, this is China. If Foxconn shuts down, there'll be another Foxconn open up, you know, Foxconn Part 2 or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, this one is not Foxconn Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying but that they'll just move to a different factory with a different name? They'll just move to a different factory. I, I really don't expect a whole lot of changes to come from... from but would enough of the bad PR make Apple want to move the manufacturing out of China? Probably not. They, um, they can't afford to. It's It's too cheap. Apple is really... Apple makes its money off of the iTunes store, off the App Store, off of iTunes subscriptions, off of that. The device itself is only an entryway into the ecosystem. And I, I personally believe, when you look at it, the iPhone 5, no matter what you think about it, is a very well-designed, very well-assembled piece of equipment. You know, tolerance-wise, it has the tightest tolerances of any, almost any personal electronic device you can get now. Just the way it's manufactured takes a lot. It should cost a lot more than it does. The only reason, yeah, the only reason it doesn't is because they've had to cut everything they could in terms of labor. They couldn't afford to make that anywhere else. No, no, they couldn't. You're exactly right. So... Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they'd ever bring it. I think uh, Apple would actually encourage the Chinese government to find some quote unquote some other manufacturing company for them to use. Yeah, yeah. The Chinese government would incentivize the crap out of Apple to stay in China because I mean, yeah. And, and you're exactly right. There's no way that they could make it for the price that they do anywhere else. It'll just say, assembled by Foxconn. Only Foxconn's written backwards now. Actually, that'd be <laughs> knocks off. <laughs> Which would... Yeah, that'd, that'd be very Chinese. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, into Nokia. Other news. You remember last week we talked about how HTC returned a quarter where they were losing massive amounts of money? Yeah, well, we weren't joking. Everyone's being hit hard. Nokia is still losing money. But... If there's a silver lining here, it is this. That this is the first time in well over a year that their quarterly earnings call, they've lost less than a billion dollars. I know. That doesn't sound real enthusiastic. But let me post it to you this way. Every single time they've had these reports for over a year, they've said we have lost X amount of money, and it has been a lot. It has been well over a billion dollars. And this time, uh, $750 million. I know, that's still a lot, but that's not nearly a billion. So maybe they're on their way back up now? No, I don't think so. You don't? I don't think so, no. I think they are, but not because of their phones. I think their sales of the Maps API and how they've been licensing that out and about has been what's saving them. Okay. But yeah, that could be. 
Uh, I can't argue that. In in the U.S., their phones are not going to save them because as awesome as they are, signing to AT and T for exclusivity, mm, bad move. Yeah, but overseas, I mean, they're still a major player. So, uh, as much as we like to believe that we are the rest of the world, there's a whole another rest of the world outside of the United States. Yeah, but when you look at it, uh, I mean, the biggest market is actually Asia, where companies like Samsung and HTC rule supreme. Yeah. They're pretty big in Europe, though, I believe. Yeah, I, I, let's hope they are. I'd like to see them stick around, actually. I'd like to see what they can do. Now, if only could they get, get out from under AT&T. Well, the thing is, you don't want, and that's I can't believe I'm going to say this. The same goes for RIM. You don't want to see companies fail, not only because of all the jobs and the impact on the economy and everything, but when there's no competition, quality suffers. Mm -hmm. We need the competition out there to make sure that people like Apple and Samsung don't slack off and start giving us crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So. so... I mean, it, it really does come down to the fact that we need uh, we need multiple companies coming through. That's all. Yeah, yeah, we do. And and speaking of of um, companies, what's up with Motorola? Oh, Google reported uh, their their loss. No, I shouldn't say their loss. They earned money. Google reported that they earned money this last quarter, but it wasn't nearly as much as they expected. And when they went through it, they found that it was because of Motorola Mobility. Motorola Mobility, who they now own and are in charge of, lost massive amounts of money. Lots. Does that does that surprise anyone, though? I mean, what is Motorola doing at this point? Yeah. Um, Mo- Motorola Mobility um, had an operating loss of $527 million. Again, not a billion, but still that's, better than Nokia. Yeah, that's better than Nokia. It's better than RIM. But when you put that big a dent into Google's earnings, Google should be thinking about cutting them loose right now. Yeah. Between the huge PR snafu that we talked about last week, where they're not going to be giving upgrades to people, the lackluster launch of three new phones that aren't even running the newest version of the OS, that is developed by the company they work for and now this I, I think I think Motorola Mobility is a sinking ship oh I think so too but didn't we say that when Google actually purchased them we did but I think we were kind of under the assumption that someone from Google would go and step in and start running Motorola Mobility and instead they've just let the same people who were killing Motorola to begin with stay on board and continue ruining it only under the Google name now which is very odd to me yeah, yeah, that's that's messed up. If things keep going the way they are going, I'm going to have to eat my words about rim dying this year because there's a very good chance they won't, and it was my prediction from 2011 that they would this year. Um, rim might turn it around, and it might be Motorola mobility in the end that actually gets the axe, which would be really weird. You know, interestingly enough, I don't see, I don't see rim turning it around. No, but do you see them dying before the end of the year? They've been at the current pace they're going. I don't think they'll die by the end of the year. Yeah, um, they they've leveled out enough that they can coast for at least another eighteen months the way they are. It won't be yeah. pretty, 
but they've bought themselves another 18 months, I think. Um, into weird sprint. Speaking of buying things. Yeah, lots of buying. Yeah, basically a... Uh, oh, everybody take a drink. Uh, <laughs> SoftBank Corporation out of Japan purchased 70% of the U.S. mobile carrier Sprint. And Ooh. apparently it was the largest purchase uh, a, a foreign acquisition on record. Why? Is... <laughs> Well, and that's just it, though, because Sprint, Sprint's another service that I'm like, why is this still alive? Because I had Sprint for two years. I could not wait to get out of that contract. Even with the discount they were giving me for working at the company we used to work for, it was not worth it. I mean, when you buy a cell phone for, for basic purposes of you know being able to talk to somebody and they never worked and you lost signal everywhere you know well, Sprint's one I mean, of those companies I'm surprised it just didn't die a long time ago well one thing about Sprint that has always fascinated me is every time I've looked at changing cell phone providers I've always looked at Sprint and they've always been substantially more expensive than every other carrier out there I think they're geared more towards the business and I, yeah I think so but even then uh, speaking as someone who had to go through the process of selecting them buying new service for a business um, even though they had all those business plans other companies like Verizon and AT&T have come up and become much more competitive while Sprint has kind of rested on their laurels Sprint and RIM actually remind me greatly of each other and now actually come to think of it um, I think Sprint has more RIM devices on its service than any other carrier well, how are they able to maintain? Because while other carriers were adding towers and adding coverage, Sprint was losing towers. They were actually told to tear down some of their towers because they well, were you know, giving this, out too much radiation. <laughs> this sale might be indication that they aren't holding on. Yeah. Are, are, are they going to... Well, they... Who who dies first, Rim or Sprint? <laughs> we're, we'll, be taking, we'll be taking bets of feedback at StolenDroids.com. Um... <laughs> Into, uh, over under 18 months. <laughs> on to um, surprising news, really surprising news, actually. And this just came out today. Uh, word has come down that Newsweek, the newspaper that's been around for forever and a day... Magazine. Uh, magazine. Oh, sorry, yes, the magazine. Um, they will no longer be offered in print form. After December 31st... Wait, is it December or is it October... December. It is December 31st. At the, after the end of the year, Newsweek will no longer be a magazine. It'll be online only. So it'll be a tablet magazine. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I, I three or four years ago, I would have said, okay, they're done. They're not going to survive. But with the way that tablets have permeated our society... I I can actually see them surviving with this. I mean, obviously, they're hurting or else they wouldn't be doing this. They're losing their actual print customers. But I think that I think that print is dead with with the advent of technology over the last five years. But now you know, the question. Well, go ahead. Keep going. Well, years ago, I, I was a subscriber to PC Magazine. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And they stopped doing their print issues and went strictly digital. And 
I never read in they said, you know, you've still got six months left on your subscription. Here's how here's how you can get your issues. I didn't have a smartphone at the time. I didn't have a tablet. I had no way to read it except sitting at my computer. I never read it. I, I not once did I read an issue of, of PC Mag ever again. I don't even know if they're still around. But um, you know, now with the way technology is, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a nail in the coffin for them. Uh, when I still had my iPad, I actually used Engadget's Distro uh, magazine, and I loved it. I thought it was ingenious how it was laid out, how nice it looked, how well it flowed as a magazine. Uh, I think this will be wise, and I think it'll be easier for them to maintain and cheaper. Um, I worry that readership will drop. I'm sure it will. Oh, I'm I'm pretty certain it will. I mean, for one thing, what's the cost of an issue going to be? Probably about the same, I would imagine. Which okay. would be a problem if it was. There, there's already there's already been the results of lawsuits of e-books being overcharged, and how the states have brought ca- class action lawsuits against the e-book publishers, and how some of that money is now coming back. Um, because there is a different volume of how this is being delivered and everything like that. And like Zoner, there's something about holding a magazine. When I, when I go once a month and pick up my comic books and my, and my Star Trek magazines at, the, at my local comic book store, there's something special about holding it in my hand. And I'm actually even going through and, and, and getting some stuff reorganized and reboxing some stuff. And I'm finding old magazines that have data in, in them that I really want to keep. Now, something like a Newsweek, if I really felt inclined to read their news, I could probably see that being something I'd probably want to download, read, and then delete. But my problem is, is that I'm like, I'd probably get the same information from a website that wouldn't cost me anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, see, and I see that problem. And, and who knows how this is going to work, actually. But it's a brave move. And I applaud them for it. They're, they're trying to keep the brand name alive, but you're is almost it, turning it into a website, is almost what you're doing. Is a it brave or is it desperate? I think it's brave. I mean, because, I mean, if it was desperate, they would have spun it off into a new brand. As it is, it's Newsweek. You know? Well, you've got 80 years. I mean, Newsweek's been published for the last 80 years. It's. I don't think it's really a good idea to try and spin it off, regardless of how desperate they are. But at, when was the last time out of out of a wa- uh, doctor's office waiting room have you actually opened up a copy of Newsweek? Only when there's nothing else. Touche. Yeah. Touche. All right. Well, we need to make it into our commercials because we didn't do that last week. So we will see you on the flip side. In today's world, it can be hard to find time to spend with a good book. That's where the guys at Open Book Audio can help. Open Book Audio offers a large selection of pre-recorded audiobooks for you to enjoy while driving to work, working out, or any other time you feel like enjoying a good story. Open Book Audio not only has pre-recorded audiobooks, but can also help you record your self-published book as well, giving authors another way to distribute their stories. Their fast, professional service combined with affordable pricing ensure your book is made with the highest quality. So no matter if you're an author or a reader, Open Book Audio has what you need. You can visit them on the web at openbookaudio.com. That's openbookaudio.com. Open Book Audio. Your story out loud. Hello, and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast. Uh, Zook, wait, um, I can never remember when I can hear the Stolen Droids Podcast. 
Well, you can start out the week with us on trekradio.net every Monday at noon Eastern Standard. Okay, but what if I miss it on Monday? Well, then you can catch us Tuesday on kryptonradio.com, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Ooh, and if I miss it then too? Well, you can always find us on iTunes and play us anytime from your iPod or iPhone. Well, you know I don't own any Apple stuff. Okay, then you can stream us to your Android device from Stitcher.com, on demand whenever you want. Smeg. I don't have any room left on my Android. You can always listen to us at StolenDroids.com. Um, but... You're not <sighs> trying very hard at this, are you? Stolen Droids Podcast. It's kind of hard to avoid. And we're back. And we are back. We have no fast lane this week, which is a good thing, because we've been uh, running long here. But uh, we do have an interesting talking point that actually just came up this morning. Well, this morning and I'm being, excited for it. I mean, this morning being Thursday morning. Uh, Twitter, for the first time, has blocked access to a, uh, to a particular feed from anyone within a group of countries. That sounds a little bit confusing, so bear with me here. There is a group of neo-Nazis who have been posting to Twitter and Twitter has agreed to block access to that feed for anyone in European nations who have asked. Now, well, this isn't the first time that Nazi symbolism has been banned on the internet. It's I actually remember illegal in Germany. Yeah, and, and because of that, and because of the illegalness also in France and a few other uh, European countries as well, they actually blocked sale of World War II souvenirs uh, and, and uh, collectibles because of some Nazi symbolism on it. Now, um, before we get into the whole talking point, some things we need to clarify here. Uh, one, here in the U.S., yes, you can. You can go view it because we're not in those nations where it's blocked from. You may have questionable taste, but you can view it. Two, before we get any further into this, there's something we need to recognize. The First Amendment only applies to things within the U.S. Everyone's always going, and we will hear about this, but everyone's like, oh, it's censorship, it's censorship, what about the First Amendment rights? Yeah, that only applies if you're actually in the U.S. Yeah, the, the Constitution is a constitution for, well, the United States Constitution is a constitution for the united states it is not applicable in other countries mm-hmm. now that is why it is the united states constitution now that being said some people are stating that this is censorship it's totally censorship i'm personally okay with it and here's why the group of people who are posting to twitter are from germany they are posting what is illegal in that country to the internet, thinking that it's okay because the internet isn't uh, a national space, right? It's public, it's international. Hey, man, data's just free. But even though, and I might be stretching this analogy, but bear with me, if I was to upload child pornography, that was something that would be considered illegal in the U.S. to my Twitter feed... I couldn't claim First Amendment rights. It's oh, illegal. <laughs> well, even if it was, even if it was just regular pornography, um, in the state of Utah, you could not host it on a server in Utah, which is usually why a lot of the pornogra- por- pornographic websites are hosted on offshore servers. Mm-hmm. But so, 
that that's why from my point of view this isn't censorship this is they were actually breaking federal law where they are that's no big deal if an american was to do that well okay i shouldn't say it's no big deal uh he'd probably get a lot of hate mail and uh he'd get spammed like crazy but it wouldn't be illegal and so they couldn't do this in this case they did it where it is illegal so now, Zoner, I, I get the feeling you're coming up on the other side of this argument. Well, I was, but you just posed a very good argument. My my concern is, you know, is is it Twitter's job to? And, and I do see this as censorship, even though it is illegal. You know, that's that's where Germany needs to go in and say, you know, this is this is crap. You guys are arrested, or whatever the case may be. However, they punish them, you know, in Singapore they cane them or whatever, I don't know but um, now, did Germany actually go to Twitter and say, hey, please block this feed or are the various countries requesting that the feed is blocked? You know, actually, I'm not entirely sure because if it's the various countries, then yeah, that's censorship and I have a problem with that because even if you don't agree with the Nazi view of the world, which let's hope you don't. Um, but if you do, hey, whatever. Um, who am I to judge? You're sick, sick individual. Um, <laughs> if they block that and you don't stand up for their uh, for their right to express themselves, and again, First Amendment rights don't apply outside of the United States. However, people should fundamentally have a right to express their opinion freely, I believe. And if you start cracking down on people who you disagree with, pretty soon there's nobody left to crack down on. Yeah, that's a good point. They're just going to keep going and going and going, and you can't let governments, here's the libertarian in me, you can't let governments start shutting down voices of opposition or differing viewpoints because pretty soon there will be no differing viewpoints. There will be no opposition. Now the problem is is that everyone on the internet, ourselves included, have all grown up I mean it's like the Wild West still when you think about it. Uh, the internet truly is. You can be anyone, you can do anything, you can say anything, you can go anywhere. Uh, you can live out any persona really and people do. They do like crazy. They say things on the internet they would never say in real life. Why? Because you get punched. You get punched <laughs> or you get true. shot. You know? Um, if you acted... If the, if the people who troll the internet were the, uh, that way in real life, they'd be dead. <laughs> they they actually... Some of them are. and I've actually had like college classes with some of them. And you, you can't feed a troll. You really can't. Yeah. But... Um, but let's put it this way, okay? Let's change it, and, and let's not say pornography or anything else, okay? I'm on Twitter, and I start a discussion about how I don't like the president. That's my right, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I can say that. I can do that. First Amendment protects me. And I talk to a like-minded person who says he doesn't like the president. And we start going on and on about this and that and our own personal politics or whatnot. Again, this is not meant to be a political post, but you'll see where I'm going here in a moment. Um... And that is our right. That is our right. That's And if they were to try and block that, that would be censorship. We can all agree on that, right? Yes. But then the conversation turns. 
and one person pipes up that, hey, maybe someone should take care of this. Maybe someone should go and try and do something to the president. Well, that, you know, that's crossing the line there. Boom. Yeah. Secret Service, and by the way, they do monitor this, they're in there. They're interviewing us. They may not arrest us. They may not block us. They may have us delete the things. But is that censorship? Or is that them acting on on legality? Because well, actually, see, it is illegal to threaten the life of the president or any elected it, official. It is. And at that point, you're dealing with a legal matter as opposed to censorship. Okay. So in this case, Germany, and, and I'm, I'm reading through here, Germany requested of Twitter... And Twitter enacted its country withheld content policy, which it doesn't usually do. Yeah, I, I, did, I couldn't find that part in the in the article so far, but I did see where German officials had requested both Facebook and YouTube to go ahead and shut down uh, uh, content associated with neo-Nazi groups. And you know, if if Germany is out there, if it's a law on the book saying you cannot do this. I got no problems with Germany saying these people are breaking the law. They need shut down. I got no problems with that. My problem is when other countries are coming in saying, well, you know, we really don't like what they're saying. Um, Yeah, we don't have any laws on the books, but we disagree with them, so they need to shut up. (laughs) That's where my problem is. See Iran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Iran is a is a is a uh, extreme version of that. Now, my question is for the talking point is, and unfortunately we can't go very long into this because we've we've run long already. But is some censorship on the internet actually okay? Now, that was my original question. But the more we've talked about this, this isn't really a case of censorship, is it? It's in that it's enforcing a law, uh, which obviously is okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right there. You know, if you've got a law saying you cannot do something, and somebody does it, and you shut them down, you're not censoring them. You're enforcing the law. So I guess the question is almost where is the line drawn? Going back to that that hypothetical conversation that me and some other made up people are having on Twitter about causing harm to an elected official. Let's say so we're t- we're talking back and forth on Twitter about that. Secret Service comes, cracks down, removes those posts. Okay, that's them enforcing the law. How about if I had a Facebook group dedicated to harming an elected official? Could they ask Facebook to block that group or to delete that group? I don't see any problem with that. Would that be considered censorship? Or because <laughs> they've done it before? Well, they probably have, but uh, you know, we always hear about it doing happening to one person or to account. At this point, if it's a large group, that could be argued that that is a you know the right to assemble, even though it's in the digital space. Uh, but if you're having a group about molesting children, and there's a thousand people in your group on Facebook, yeah, you've got the right to assemble, but you're still assembling to do illegal activities. Or just talk about it. Now, we're not just pulling this out of left field. This is a while ago. Older listeners will uh, remember this. But in 1977, the Supreme Court sided with the ACLU in, uh, you know, let's see, it was actually the American Nazi Party versus the village of Skokie, Illinois. You guys remember this? No. Uh, Illinois Nazis, uh, as the Blues Brothers would say. Uh, they, uh, they wanted to march the American Nazi Party 
yes, that existed and probably still does, wanted to march through Skokie, Illinois, where at the time, one in six of their residents was a Holocaust survivor. And Skokie banned them. They blocked them. And the state of Illinois moved to block them and make uh, their demonstration illegal. Well, unfortunately, the ACLU... Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It was a real murky trial. It still is, actually. But uh, the ACLU stepped in and represented the American Nazi Union and took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, it's their right to assemble. Yeah. It's their right to free speech. Are, are Were they breaking any laws? Because otherwise, I mean... That's exactly right. The, it, it, the, the Supreme Court eventually ruled that the swastika that they wore was representative, but it wasn't in itself a violent thing. It, they weren't inciting violent, and it was not, quote-unquote, fighting words. It's just a symbol. Now, obviously, if you just survived a death camp, it's a pretty freaking bad symbol. And, of course, they knew that, and that's why they, they wanted to march there. You yeah. can read all, all about it. Again, it's Sk- Village of Skokie versus the uh, National Socialist Party of America. But uh, it's a fascinating case to read. But So this has happened before, albeit not in a digital space. But, you know, if... They're, they are guilty of, of being in bad taste and probably being a bunch of jerks. And it the Nazi swastika is a... St- symbol that's very powerful to certain individuals such as those who survived the holocaust Mm -hmm. and it's got a completely different meaning to them than it would to say you or i you know we associate it with with the nazis and the horrible things but it doesn't have that impact on us that it would to somebody else and so you're right it is just a symbol and it everybody sees it differently well, okay, and, and, that, and you're now, hold on. right about that, and I know we're kind of getting off on a tangent here because originally that that swastika symbol was an, was a Native American symbol for power, but it was reversed. It, it, the, I think the, I think the angles were reversed on the on the actual symbol itself. Not not Native American Indian. Or, okay, Indian. an Indian. Okay. It's an actual Hindu symbol. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's flip this into the modern era now. Okay, and not just these neo Nazis in Germany. What if I were to start posting an entire site with pictures and uh, defamatory statements about the Prophet Muhammad? I know, it's a sensitive topic right now, especially with the ambassadors in Libya and the presidential debates going on right now, but it has happened. Would well, in the country... same article that we've got a link to, they talk about how Google and YouTube have blocked the that particular video in question uh, from certain Middle East countries. So they're they are preemptively censoring themselves. I I don't know if they're doing it themselves or if there was a request from some of those governments there. Mm-hmm. But someone has decided to flip a switch to go ahead and prevent that video from being shown. And you know, or may, maybe it might have been you know crowd control. Hey, if we don't show this, people won't get mad. I don't know. Well, and again, if they only block it from being seen in other countries, your First Amendment rights end at the border yep so if you were to put something horrible up on Facebook or up on YouTube and YouTube blocks it let's say I was to say something horrible about Canadians okay not that I wouldn't there's plenty of good Canadians we have our friends up at Loading Ready and Run um, but 
let's say I was to say something horrible about Canadians, I put out this horrible, horrible video about Canadians, and the Canadian government says, we don't like that movie, we want it blocked. Well, I can't say that, well, tough, it's my right to express myself to you. Because they're in another country. And the Constitution doesn't apply there. So, I mean, that's my opinion on it. We need to move forward. We're running way, really long. Either of you have a final word to stay on it, or... Are we all kind no, of in agreement there? I shouldn't hear feedback from our listeners on this. Yeah, I'm very interested in feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. We do want to hear what your thoughts on it are. Are, are some things worth censoring? Or should should we just should the internet remain con- entirely free regardless of standards and country again feedback at stonedroids.com into our favorites much lighter note yes <laughs> no more nazis um in a recent online special the guys over at adult swim uh for the cartoon network released the greatest the most epic moment in TV history. Um it has famous actors, famous hosts, Jeff Probst from uh from the Survivor Challenge, uh, from the from the game show Survivor hosts it, uh, and they are recreating the intro to Simon and Simon, the early '80s Private Eye show. I loved that show growing up, and as many times as I watched it, and as often as I saw it, when you see the video they finally make, it is the most epic thing you've ever seen. Especially because side by side. They are identical. Now, the people who are actually doing it, uh, one of them's from Parks and Recreation, the other one's from Mad Men. So it's hilarious to see them. It's an entire spoof on the making of documentaries, on all the different TV specials we used to have. Uh, If you have, admittedly, it's a little bit long for the joke, but if you have 15 minutes to spare, there you go. Okay, mine, I'm not really going to explain too much. Um... It's just a video, and you're going to watch it, and it is some of the most horrible production that I have ever witnessed in my life. Uh, the lady uh, that's singing has pixelated hair, which makes no sense to me. Um, just watch it, and be blessed, Rolled. All right, so my favorite uh, comes from our friends at the Epic Rap Battles of History. Um, If you do not actually know, for the month of October, every other Monday, they are releasing a brand new Epic Rap Battle. They've already done uh, Frank Sinatra versus Freddie Mercury earlier this month, Uh, but the one that they just released this last Monday was Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. And believe me, again, you're you're not going to, you may think that some people already have their sides chosen on this epic rap battle. Watch it. You'll know who the clear winner is when you actually watch it. Uh, Let me just say this Eagle! 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 That was the best part. All right. Well, that is our episode this week. Again, shout out to our friends TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and Stitcher.com. Again, we want to hear from you. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Until next time, cheers. One to beam up. Good day.